Right. Morning Reach Church. All right, so if kids want to head to Reach Kids, they can do that now. They're waiting for you. All right. <laughs> I think at that point you have to abandon it, Cam. I don't know. Um, all right, so uh, we are continuing our series, uh, God-Sized Conversation, Answering God-Sized Questions. Now, this week uh, is kind of a pretty broad question, um, maybe a little more on the counseling spectrum, uh, but it goes like this. It actually came from this campus, so, so you, guys, you guys did this for, to yourselves. You did this to me, really. This is, <laughs> how do we know what the Lord wants us to do? How do we know what the Lord wants us to do? <laughs> I know. We're just going to read the whole Bible from, from cover to the end and, uh, you know, cover to cover, figure this out. So uh, this is a good question. Uh, it's a good question because if we are followers of Jesus, uh, this should be constantly the question that's on our minds. What does the Lord want us to do? That our life is not our own. Uh, we've been bought with a price that, that Christ has given us a new life that we then uh, live unto him. So if you are a believer, uh, this should be the question on your mind. All right, but even the, the non-believer, even the kind of nominal believer often has this question in their mind. Um, I can think of, of friends of ours who, who asked us, like, I, I, just, I just don't know what the Lord wants for me. And we're like, well, like, there's a lot of things that you're, you're really not doing yet. And, you know, there's a lot, to, there's a lot there. But I think we, we naturally, we, we see the who God is in the Bible. And we see that he has a plan. He knows all things. He knows what would be best for us. And so we say, well, if he has a plan, like if I had access to that plan, if I knew exactly what I was supposed to do, like life would turn out amazing. And so everyone wants to know, like, well, what does, what does God actually want me to do? And I think when we're thinking about this, we're namely thinking about um, decisions in our lives, the kind of the pitchforks, the the forks in the road. All right, should, should I marry this person or not? What kind of job should I take? Should we have more kids? Should I take this volunteer position? Um, how do I make the decisions in my life in a way that, that honors God, that follows him? That's the question that we have this morning. Now, to start off, I want to give uh, one, one caveat and one kind of shaping principle all right, yes, the Lord has a plan. That doesn't mean he wants to share it with you. All right? <laughs> That's just the case. He has a plan. That doesn't mean he wants to share it with you. And as much as it's, it sounds really nice to know the whole plan and to know like, exactly what, what God has planned for you, what would be best, um, there's no guarantee that he's going to tell you. Now, we often operate as if he has guaranteed that and he's promised it, and we do kind of silly things. All right, this is what, what the, the Bible calls divination. All right, it was practiced by the pagans that, all right, so what do you do? You have to kind of deduce and figure out what, what God is planning, what he's going to do. And so what do you do? You, uh, you cut open a sheep and look at its liver. Or maybe you, you like throw an arrow in the air and wherever it lands, like, okay, go in that direction. All right, you, you flip a coin. These are all methods for, for deducing what God wants you to do. All right. That's why I want to say that we've been given the spirit. The spirit of Christ dwells within us. 
All right, we don't need to be led by, by mere chance or by, by interpreting tea leaves or the, or the signs out there. No, God has given us his better things, better things to lead us. And so we don't play uh, the magic eight ball with our Bibles. All right, have you ever played that game where you're like, should I go to this place? And then like you turn and like hellfire and damnation. And you're like, no, no, I shouldn't go. Uh, <laughs> all right, we don't play that game. We don't, we don't flip coins on decisions. Like we instead, instead we are transformed by the spirit and by the scriptures to be conformed to the mind of Christ. So that more and more we love the things that God loves we hate the thing that God hates, and we look more like Jesus. So that's, that's, that's the unfortunate answer is there's no, there's no shortcuts here. There's no shortcuts that, oh, like, I, I need a decision now. I, no, you need to become a, a follower of Jesus who, who knows the heart of God. And so today we're going to talk about how that happens, how we can pursue those things, um, so that we can know what God wants us to do. So with that, let's pray. Father, we thank you that you lead us um, by more than just um, our grasping in the dark. But Father, you have spoken. You have given us the Spirit. You have united us to Christ. And Father, I ask that you would, you would give us as a, as a gift from, from your abundance, your wisdom, your insight, um, the mind of Christ. Father, would we, um, would we fight the battle of maturity and of wisdom that we may follow you um, ultimately in, in abundance of joy and freedom that this is not a burden, but Father, you've given us um, just so much freedom to pursue you and to love you. We pray that you would speak to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so... The first thing, how do you know what the Lord wants you to do? All right, hopefully, this is all, hopefully this is as obvious as it comes. We look at the scriptures. We look at the scriptures. All right. Uh, and that's where we actually believe that the Bible, the Bible is the word of God. Is the word of God that, yes, people wrote it, but they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. So that when we read this book, this is the word of God, which is essentially God's manual for humanity. All right, if you're the creator for humanity, the creator creates the, hand ma the manual, the instruction book, and it gives it to us. All right, this is, this is what I want you to do. And we namely look in this category at commandments. All right, two types of commandments, positive commandments, negative commandments. We'll start with the negative because those are the easier ones to follow. All right, there are certain things that are forbidden in Scripture. God doesn't want you to do those things. All right, let's just all get that clear. All right, and that's where like, okay, like, yes, I know that, Peter. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't talk about what kind of car to buy. Um, no, he doesn't. But if we actually were preoccupied and, and fought to, to not do the things that we are called not to do, uh, we'd be plenty busy. We'd have plenty to occupy our, our minds and our efforts. And that's where we start to see, okay, what, what, is the, the, what is on God's mind? What is he trying to prevent us from doing? What is he, what is he calling us out of? What does he want us to, to not do? 
And so we have, we have all these things. We see, have, uh, don't boast, don't be proud, don't lie, don't steal, don't lust, don't worship idols. Don't be sinfully angry, don't love the world, don't run after fleeting passions. All these things that like, all right, that's really what he wants you not to do. That those things lead to our destruction. And you start, start to think, okay, well, yes, I know all those things, but, um, but they aren't that helpful in real life. Like, well, there's certain ones that, that are really helpful in, in decision-making. All right, so there's things like, don't be yoked to an unbeliever. Don't be unequally yoked. That if you are a believer, like, marry a believer who is, who is pursuing Christ with you. All right, that's very practical. It's very simple. But if you don't know that commandment, then, yeah, you're going to, you're going to run off the tracks. All right, or, or you're making a, a job decision and Proverbs says, do not wear yourself out to be rich. Or the Sermon on the Mount says, do not store, uh, store up for yourselves treasures on earth. All right, these are simple commandments, but that'll, that'll make a world of difference in your life. Now, some of you don't know these commandments. And honestly, this is a, it's a big book. <laughs> and to, to search this and find out, oh, like, no, that's the commandment for, for marriage, or that's one of the commandments for, for working, it's hard to do. And that's why we're called to just to acquire as much of this book as we can, to read it and to know it, that it might shape us. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then there's the, there's, there's the other side of the coin. All right, so we, we know not what not to do. Then there's the things that are are mandates for everyone. And those can be equally practical. So for your jobs, like fathers, do something that will provide for your family. All right. If, if professional juggling doesn't make enough, then you're not called to be a professional juggler. I'm sorry, like to crush your dreams. But that's... <laughs> if you're good, if you're good enough, you know. <laughs> He's not liking his job very much lately. Uh, <laughs> Uh, okay, and there's, there's, okay, there's things like, like care for the poor. All right, pray. Like, what does God want you to do? Pray. Children, honor your father and mother. All the children left. Uh, they, <laughs> you, can, you can tell them that part. They can, they can read the uh, listen to the recording. Uh, glorify God and enjoy him. Tell people about Jesus. Love others as yourself. Like, all right, those are the things that the Lord wants you to do. He actually wants you to do them. And that's where we have to, we have to recognize that we want answers to questions that, um, that aren't on the forefront of God's mind. And then when he thought, like, okay, what, what do I really want them to, to know and to do? These are the things that he came up with. And so at least that should relativize some of these other questions that we actually have an abundance of what God wants us to do. All right, so the scriptures, the commandments... All right, so if there's a path that you're, you're trying to walk on, these are kind of like immovable side railings that are reining you in. All right, these things are, you don't compromise on. They are the foundation. They are the, the immovable things. And so we always go to Scripture first, and we test every decision. We test our plans. We see if there are commandments that are secretly being broken. If in our hearts we are breaking these commandments. Or if we are neglecting things that we ought to be doing, that's the first thing. All right, kind of obvious. 
but yeah. Now, if you don't know the Bible well enough to do that, all right, that's why we have the body. Other wise believers. All right, if you are a, someone who they, who they go to for wisdom, all right, you are not called to make the decision for the person. Give them the biblical categories. Give them the right scriptures. Give them the right commandments. Help, help kind of lay the foundation for them. And then let them go. And then pray. pray. Yeah, absolutely, Tom. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, if, if you're following, that, that leaves us with kind of a problem. Because in a lot of these decisions, how many kids to have, what job to take, what car to buy, um, there are no commandments. There are seemingly no commandments. And so we feel like we're kind of uh, on our own, like we're being abandoned. And there's a kind of an analogy here that I think is helpful. Tim Keller uses it. Um, God isn't kind of a micromanaging helicopter parent. And that's actually a really nice thing. All right, so when you're, when you're 10 years old, or let's, let's, say, let's say you're your father and your 10-year-old comes up to you and he says, you know what, Dad, Dad like the, the guys are going to play football. Can I go play? And you ask him, okay, did, did you do your homework? Yes, yes. Did you do your chores? Yeah. Can you be home by 5? That's when dinner is. Like, yes, you can go play football. Now, when you're 21 in college, <laughs> your son is, and he gives you a call, hey, Dad, like, some of the guys are going to go play football. Can I go play? All right, what do you tell that kid? Like, I don't know. Like, why are you calling me? You know your schedule. You know what the rules, you know what the questions to ask are. Go figure it out. I think that's where we kind of want this, uh, this micromanaging God. And ideally, he would give us like a schedule at the beginning of each day. And we'd walk through it and we'd be super excited. And yes, my day went according to plan. First of all, it wouldn't go to according to the plan that you think it would go to. Uh, it'd probably be a lot less fun than you'd think it would be. It'd probably be sacrifice and die to yourself and love your neighbor as yourself and uh, hard stuff. But ultimately, that's not what God has given us. He calls us to real maturity. And that's where, yes, we, we learn the commandments, but when we read the Bible, when we look at God's word, the hope is that we actually acquire the heart of God that we start to see the things that he loves and the things that he hates and the, the patterns that are built into his kingdom, the example of Christ. So yeah, we look at the scriptures, but then this next step is, is we, we foster hearts that love what God loves and hate what, hates what God hates. We let our hearts be transformed. Now that's a, that's a long and an arduous process. But actually, that is the, the promise that we are given. If we look at 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 13, it says this, We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is of God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. All right, what is that essentially saying? That's essentially saying that uh, you are spiritual people now. And you have been given the wisdom of God that 
God himself dwells within you and he is transforming you. He is changing your mind and your heart. That passage ends with, with this statement that we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. That if you put your faith in Christ, that actually your heart is being renewed day by day as you fill it with the word. And that's where, ultimately, when you, when you gain true maturity, God can essentially say to you, you know what? Do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. Go do what you want to do because you are free in Christ. And yeah, there's side rails, but, but go enjoy the things that you enjoy. Go do the things that you like to do. You've been created and you've been redeemed from your sin and your slavery and your, your blinders that have made you run after sin. And now you're just free to enjoy me and enjoy the things of creation. That's where we're all trying to get. And that sounds kind of weird. Like, just, just follow your heart. But that is the ultimate desire of God. And that's what ultimately maturity looks like, is that we love the things that God loves. And so when God says, go, go enjoy yourself, we naturally follow the commandments. And we pursue Jesus. And we ask ourselves, how can I enjoy God today? Not what can I get away with? How can I enjoy God today? How can I pursue Jesus? How can I get more of him? How can I share him with more people? That's where we're trying to go. Now, uh, that's dangerous because our hearts are deceptive. And that's where we have to be constantly asking ourselves, okay, is this desire part of the, the, the spirit of God, the mind of Christ, or is this my sin talking? All right, that's where uh, we always say this thing like, you should go, go pray about it. Go seek the Lord. Go pray about it. Um, if I ask you to, to serve in the nursery, that's what all you guys can all tell me. I, I'll pray about it. And, and maybe you can like lengthen that time and I'll forget about it and uh, you'll get out of all that stuff. But uh, all right, let's say you're actually trying to pray about it. Uh, what, are you, what are you praying for? What are you looking for? All right, you're not looking for like this emotional bubbling that, oh, I, I, feel, I feel good about that. No, what are you? You're testing your heart. And you're asking yourself, okay, uh, if I were to do this, why would I want to do it? Are my motives pure? What's ultimately deep down in there? All right, so we say this like, oh, I want to be a venture capitalist because I just feel like I'd be a, a, I just love investing and God has created the stock market as such a, an amazing thing. All right, you want to test that and like, maybe you just want to make a lot of money. That's what we're called to test. To look at our hearts, to know our hearts, to be honest with our hearts. That's a lifelong process. And that's why we have, uh, once again, wise counselors in our lives. Now, wise counselors, what are you supposed to do? Ask the questions that help them see their heart. All right? Ask the, the fledgling venture capitalist, like, what, what do you really want here? that we can look into our hearts and see them and know them. But, but once we do, we can just say that we have freedom to, to live and to love God and to pursue Jesus. 
that's, that's the beauty, that's the goal. All right, uh, let's keep going. There's more factors here. All right, the next one. So we had scripture, we had our hearts and our desires. Next, our outward circumstances. Our outward circumstances. So we, we believe in a sovereign God who ordains all things. He puts you in the situation he puts you in. Everything that ever happens to you is, is according to God's plan. And so we trust that what he gives us is, is purposeful. And so let's say uh, you feel like uh, the call to marriage is, is clear in scripture. It's a good thing. All right, you've looked at your heart. You think like, I, I have a right desire. I want to be in that kind of relationship. Uh, circumstantially, you have not been given a spouse. If that's the case, you are not called to be married yet. All right? And that's, that's where you're supposed to be content and, and live in that. There's this thing when you talk about pastors and there's like the inward calling where you're like, oh, I feel so much like I need to be a pastor. If no one wants you to be their pastor... You don't, you're not called to be a pastor. <laughs> you might feel it, but no one else is. All right, that's the reality. All right, and if, if you want to be, if you want to be a professional juggler, but there's no professional juggling positions open, uh, maybe you're not called to be a professional juggler. I know, I know. Man, we are breaking hearts today. Um, <laughs> we'll get through it. We'll get through it. Um, all right, that's where we, like, there's some practicality to this. We, we work in the midst of a, a God who ordains all things. And so when we go look for a car, there's only certain cars out there and we're probably going to get one of them that's on sale. All right. We shouldn't be waiting around for this, uh, this kind of pie in the sky expectation that this, no, this is my heart. I, I follow it. Like, no, it's, a, it's an interaction with what God is doing presently in the world around you. Yes? Okay. Uh, next up. All right, we are supposed to just have good sense. Good sense. When I say good sense, um, we make decisions knowing ourselves. Knowing ourselves. So, uh, I would love to be a hair model. <laughs> All right, <laughs> and like take 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 showers in the commercial, and then like you know do the thing. Uh, I I think I could do a decent job of it. You know why not? Um, but good sense would say that that's probably not the career choice for me. <laughs> All right, that's that's the reality. All right, if you're five six and like 120 pounds, you're not going to be a linebacker. Like that's just you need to come to grips with that. And that's, and that's where, like, we kind of sell this, like, you can be anything that you want. Like, no, not really. Like, <laughs> let's pursue the things we're good at and that we know how to do, the things that are, are going to be a blessing to people. Like, all right, and that's a category. We have to be humble enough to, to admit that, like, okay, I recognize this is a really good thing, but it might not be, be my gifting. All right, adoption is an amazing thing. If you don't like kids, please don't become an adoptive parent. All right, if, you're, if you want to become a missionary, like, that's amazing. Missions is, is a, a beautiful thing in the kingdom of God. But if you're like Casey, and, like, foreign languages are, like, oil and water to Casey, like, they run from her. She's so bad at them. Um, 
We had a, we had a friend who was, uh, he was a Kiwi, so he was from New Zealand. Casey thought he spoke, a, spoke another language. <laughs> he was speaking English for the longest time. She never understood a word he said. All right, so she couldn't become a missionary. It just didn't work. All right, that's we have to like, we have to recognize our weaknesses. We have to recognize who we are. And it's okay that we can't do everything. How, di- how dare you say that, Debbie? She's stealing my dream. Um, <laughs> all right, so that, that's, that's what we're talking about. All these things working together. Um, and that's where instead of looking for signs out there or for, um, for omens or kind of throwing out our fleeces, instead we do this work of maturity and and interacting with God and wrestling with our hearts and talking to wise people who can tell us about our skills and our gifts. So that instead of kind of following chance, we're following, we're following the Spirit, we're following Scripture, we're doing what we can. All right, but, um, all right, so far we haven't talked about Jesus yet. So what, what, how does this interact with Jesus? How does this interact with Jesus? It's supposed to be on nothing but Jesus. This has been anything but Jesus so far. How do we do this? All right, well, let's, let's walk through these, these categories that we've talked about. All right, first of all, Scripture. Now, ultimately, Scripture is not about what are you supposed to do. Scripture is about what Jesus Christ has done for you. What Jesus Christ has done for you. And that's where, yes, there are these commandments, and don't do this and do this and walk on this path but the reality is, like, I think when we talk about this question, what is God's plan for me, we think that, like, there's this set, ordained, magical path of blessing that we can walk, but if we, if we step off of it, then we'll be cursed. All right, the reality is, all of us have already stepped off of it. All right, we did when we were two, and we've been doing it ever since, that... If, if we're supposed to walk this path of, of obedience and righteousness, we haven't. We have done the things that are forbidden. We have not done the things that were commanded. And so I want to, like, that's supposed to be a comfort to you in this sense that you will not fall off the magic path. And if you choose the, the wrong, there, there is no wrong job. It's like you're walking the path that's set before you. And there was only one person who did walk the path perfectly and make every decision and do everything that God wanted him to do, and it was Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ died on the cross for every single time. We, we broke the law. We went against the, the, the path that God had laid out for us. And when Jesus rose from the dead, he gave us his righteousness. So in Christ, we are walking the path. We have walked the path of righteousness. We have walked the path of holiness. And the path that we chose for ourselves was one that was just lead to destruction. But because of Jesus, now we are on the path to, to glory. All right, that's the promise. And so please don't live in fear. All right, this should be obedience for the sake of joy, for the sake of honoring God, to represent Jesus to people. Not this like fearful walking on eggshells so you don't make God upset at you. 
Right? You are in Jesus. You are a child. You are walking the path. All right, and that's where I also want to say, some of you have made, have made decisions out of, out of poor hearts that were unwise. Some of you had strayed far from the path, and that's where, if Jesus can, can redeem us of our sin, he can redeem us of our foolishness. We have this promise that we sang about in the first song that, that he works all things together for our good. That is the promise. And so yes, we stray. Yes, we fall. But he is a sovereign God who works all these things together. So that we might conform to the image of Jesus, we might look like him. All right. Now all these circumstances, like, yeah, they, they will work out. All right, but finally, um, when we talk about common sense, we talk about common sense, we talk about being practical, we talk about being wise, we talk about scripture and knowing the heart of God, uh, we need to make sure that, that we are living according to, to the kingdom of Jesus. And that's where we see a lot of, of worldly wisdom. Things like, don't hang out with people who are, who are going to bring you down. Like, Jesus hang out, hung out with people who brought him down. He hung out with people who nailed him to the cross. That when we, when we think, okay, am I walking the path that God has set out for me? We don't test it by saying, is there any suffering in my life? All right, Jesus walked the path that was set out for him, and he got nothing but suffering. But we truly believe that as we follow Jesus, that, that suffering will be turned to glory. We say this almost every week. That, that death will be turned to life. That sorrows will be turned to joy. And that's where I want to remind us that like, our lives should, should follow the pattern of Jesus if we are truly following Jesus. That we should be carrying our cross. That we should be living for the sake of others. That this isn't just our world to to walk the path of blessing. It's to walk the path of, of righteousness and holiness and to die for others. And that's where we read the scriptures to see Jesus, to see the kingdom, not to find our blessing. It's to, to bless others as we have been blessed in Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So let's, uh, let's do some questions. Let's do some questions. Yeah, Cal. Um, if we're not called to be professional jugglers, why do we have such a longing in our heart for that? All right. If we're not called to be professional jugglers, why do we have such a longing in our heart? Um, that's a good question, Cal. <laughs> Let me think. Um, all right, that's where I would say, I would say, first of all, we have lots of longing in our hearts that aren't necessarily going to be fulfilled in this life. That we have a, we have a longing for, for perfect acceptance, for uh, to stand face to face and be perfectly holy, to never like, wrestle with sin again. Um, but those things aren't for this time. They're, they're called for the new heavens and new earth. And that's where I'd say, like, we defer some of those, those things in our heart uh, for another time. And that's also where, like, 
some things have to be in their proper place. That might be a hobby. You know? And then we, and we have to recognize, like, okay, I... There's something, some things are, are for enjoyment and some things are my calling to, to labor. And if the commandments aren't bearing them out, then we, we put them in the right place. Does that make sense? Okay. So are you saying I might get to be a professional juggler in heaven? I think you definitely will be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Randall. to that is that it may not be, you may have that longing in your heart to juggler, but like I have a longing in my heart to sing, but it's not my profession. Right. You know, and, but I use it for the board in ministry. Right. So There's know. no juggling ministry. Longing in my heart to do a certain function may not be for career. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So. Absolutely. There could be a juggling ministry if you... There will not be a juggling ministry, Kala. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. It could, be a, it could be an outreach. It could be a way of getting to know people. Absolutely. Other yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, all right. There we go. Uh, any other questions? Yeah. Um, where, where in this scope of finding God's will is, is fasting? You know, there are a lot of people who pray and they fast because they want an answer from right. God. Right, right. Um, just comment on that. Uh, I would say that fasting is a is a kind of narrowing and focusing of our desires, okay, that we kind of let even food itself, the things that sustain us, fall away um, so that we can look at our hearts. And that's where fasting should kind of call us and say, okay, I, I ultimately only need God. And bearing that in mind, is this decision reflecting it? Is this longing in my heart reflecting a desire for only God? Uh, that's why I'd say that fasting is helpful um, as we reflect on, on our hearts. Yeah. Other questions? Yeah. So earlier you said that God gives you the freedom to live within the parameters or the guidelines that he's given us. Right. Does that mean in, in some circumstances if you've explored the word, if you've prayed, if you've gotten good counseling, and there's no clear answer on a, a decision that you need to make that the Lord doesn't care about it, or you can use either way, or what What are we supposed to take from that? Um, I think we've, we've, we've gotten the answer that we've kind of sought, and that's where we, we follow our desires in that um, with freedom. My, my hope would be that you'd have some kind of leaning towards something that, that's bringing you greater joy, that as looking at the commandments that you kind of tick more boxes, you're helping more people, you're, you're loving people better. Um, but at the end of the day, like, I don't, I don't know what to eat for breakfast according to God's word. So we, we press on and we trust that, that some things are, we're not really sure about. Yeah. Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Not, not in the Old Testament, no. All right, yeah. Deb. Totally get the don't flip a coin, it has to land on one side yeah. or the other. Or, you know, God could stand on edge to tell you I'm not going to answer your question. But 
what is there ever a place like in the scripture where there's the fleece and, and it took an act of God for it to be dry and wet all around her and wet and dry all around um, is there a place for that? <laughs> okay, yeah, so uh, Deb was asking about like kind of uh, testing testing and, and uh, of course the one we always go to is, is the, the fleece of Gideon that uh, if it's if it's wet, then and everything else is dry. Then, of course, then the, like the Lord has has blessed it, um, or casting lots, something like that. Is there a place for that? Um, I think holistically, we don't see that happening. The last time we see lots ever cast is just before the giving of the Spirit, and so that's where I think we we undermine, or maybe think we don't fully understand what it means to be led by the Spirit that we've been giving something so much better that those things kind of fall away. Um, in, the, in the fleece example, the Lord had already promised. And this was actually an act of, of unbelief, I would say, that the Lord is very gracious with. But like, if we, if we see a promise in the word, we should embrace the promise by faith and not have to test it. Um, and, and live in the freedom of knowing that the decisions we make are not going to thwart the plan of God. Yeah. <laughs> you had too much coffee this morning. <laughs> Brian, come on. <laughs> if, if you get to the place where you, you feel like there's a decision to make, like for breakfast, yeah. deciding on white, is it okay to flip a coin for breakfast? <laughs> we do sometimes flip a coin for, for, for restaurants. Um, as long as you're not, you're not saying that like the Lord did it. You're just saying you flipped the coin. It didn't matter. Yeah. But uh, I think there's no promise that like God will sovereignly ordain for your coin flip to amount to his will. And that's where you think like, oh, well, he's sovereign. It should have. But like he never said he'd do that. So if it's a very neutral thing and it doesn't really matter, but don't, don't assume that because it sovereignly happened that God must have, have willed for it to be that way. Which is where it's, it's not always God's will to follow the path of least resistance either. Or the thing that like, oh, everyone seems to be converging on this. Not necessarily. Right. Barry. Thinking of all these decisions we have to make. Right. Scripture, certainly. But let's not forget we have parents. <laughs> right. We have elders and we have our big brother. Right. Like that, the discernment of God's will. And, and when we're asking some of these things, I think we all, our children have to watch their emotions. You can't trust your emotions. It's true. It's true. So, yeah. We don't want a lot of things, <laughs> but we don't need a lot of things. Absolutely. And that's where, that's where probably immaturity is not, is not the time to, to follow your heart. It's to instead focus more on uh, wise counsel and the scriptures. Um, it's towards the end of freedom to follow your heart. Um, but that's why we're given parents, is because we're idiots. Yeah. Wendy? I was going to add, we've been parents for a long time. I think on my own kids, but we have Cassidy. Right. And I'm not sure she'll ever get to that point of maturity. But to use her as an example, though, a lot of people are not very mature until they're much older. Right. Yeah. So they, that's, we say that's why they need a church, a church family. Um, you know, 
know, so that they have people they love and trust and can help them with their decisions. Right, right. Because half the time that I struggle with what is God's will, it's because I'm trying to impose it on somebody who is not very wise. Child. You know I mean? Right, right, right. And that's where... Uh, yeah, we are blind and we need other people's eyes to help us see. And it's, a, it's an incredibly valuable thing. Um, if you are the, the wise counselor, um, be gentle, be patient, but, but do call them to, to reflect on their heart and, and challenge the heart because it can be a, a very deceptive thing. All right. Let's pray. Father, in all this... Um, we're humbled because to, to talk about uh, these things is to, is to act like we have the power in ourselves um, sometimes to, to follow your will. And Father, so often we know what we ought to do and we don't do it. And you, you define that as sin. And so Father, I ask that you give us uh, freedom from our sin, that you give us real trust that in Jesus and in following Jesus there will be joy and an abundance of it. Father, would you give us um, just an enjoyment of following you and, and running after your heart. Father, as we, as we die to our selfishness, I ask that you would give us um, great joy in possessing more of Jesus. Thank you that you have guaranteed where we are headed and that we walk the path of your, um, your sovereign leading. Father, would you give us more of Jesus and... Um, yeah, we live as if the things that we believe are true. We pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.